All right. How's everybody doing? This is the Dr. Dad podcast here with myself, Dr. Nick Jensen and Dr. David Wardy down in the South. How is everybody doing today? And we are here talking about uh, the master system and is your master system online? And what this is, is your, the gut brain connection. So we're going to dive into some deep, deep nuggets that we've been able to implement not only in our, our only lives, uh, our family's lives, our patients' lives, and we're going to teach you some really important things that you need to understand in order to turn this master system online. And um, I, lo I love how you put it, Dr. David Wardy, because you put it in such great context with regards to the nervous system. And this is the chiropractic philosophy, really opening up the channels for healing and, um, you know from a structure postural point of view uh, and it goes obviously so much deeper than that so I was hoping that you could kind of start with you know we think of uh, a master system and being online we think of circuitry right we think of like electricity oh yeah man you're 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 talking my language man I love it <laughs> so brother this is what I do for a living I love chiropractic and if anybody's been a chiropractor or if you, even if you haven't you're going to learn something today so one of the big things that I like to educate the public on is the importance of the central nervous system, your brain and spinal cord. And I would even throw the gut into that. I don't see them as separate systems. Uh, but you're talking about this master system that orchestrates every, literally every process in, in your entire body all the way to every living cell of your body on a daily basis. And any loss of this communication is going to have massive you know, implications of dysfunction. So, you know, a lot of people go to chiropractors for things like neck pain, low back pain, things like that. And what they don't understand about chiropractic is literally what we're doing is we're turning the power back on to allow your body to heal. So when we go in and remove subluxation, we're letting your nervous system do, letting that innate, basically your God-given potential to self-heal, right, and self-regulate, we're opening that back up for you and turning the power back on. Uh, so like Nick's saying, yeah, of course, structural structural type things like physical stressors are going to knock and jar or spine out of place and cause these subluxations. But what people also don't understand is you have things like, you know, we have biochemical stress, right? So our diets and, you know, eating too much sugar and toxic foods and, and, and you know, our addictions to caffeine and all these other things, drinking alcohol, these will cause disruption and cause subluxation. And then you also have a mental emotional stressors and these as well will cause subluxation of the spine and affect our central nervous system. So if you look at this as a whole, we have three stressors that we all deal with on a daily basis that we have to combat and they have massive implications. I like to say on this giant antenna that runs right midline up our, from our brain down to our butt, right? And, it, and it's, it's constantly just on sensory overload from our environment of everything we do to our bodies and our environment. And if we don't control the things that we can control, you know, to take care of the system so that it's working all the time, we can't be healthy and we can't heal. So this is an important topic. And I really hope the listeners make the connection today on how important it is to take care of this system. And then also how important, like I'm saying, that bottom half, which I call your first brain, the gut, how important it is to massively have a healthy digestive tract and system for your whole life so that you can be healthy. Mm -hmm. I love, I love how you use the word subluxation, not just as a physical component. And I'm thinking there's definitely people in that probably come from my world who have never seen a, uh, a chiropractor and don't really know the term subluxation. Do you mind just sort of yeah. that a little bit? 
Absolutely. So subluxation basically means a misalignment of a vertebra within your spine that basically causes swelling of the soft tissue. When the swelling, when left unchecked, when this bone's been unchecked and, and subluxated for too long, basically that, that soft tissue swelling is going to cause nerve irritation on that nerve. So when that happens, you're going to lose communication from the brain to wherever that nerve travels. So for example, like in the cervical spine, a lot of people end up having shoulder problems, elbows, problems with their hands, right? And they think that it's separate from your, your central system, and it's not. Uh, many of my clients and patients know that they need to come into me when anything is going on with the body to check the central, you know, the nervous system first to make sure the power is turned back on because mm -hmm. you can't heal. But a lot of people are working peripherally, right? They're not getting to the root cause. And when we talk about the nervous system, it's your root as a human being, right? So basically we got to put these bones, this suit of armor that literally takes care of the system. And then look at the human body. I mean, what other part outside of your organs that are, that are protected by your ribs are, can, are literally protected by this massive column with, I mean, the bones are thick in the spine, right? The vertebra, what else protects? It's, it's so important. And your body built this suit of armor around it to protect it, but this thing gets banged up and we have to take care of it. So to be healthy, you have to have a healthy spine. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you, you know, you unfolded just the process of subluxation and triggering this chronic state of inflammation, because that's, that's a chemical subluxation is going to drive inflammation, a physical one, uh, and a mental emotional one. Uh, injuries obviously do that too. Mm -hmm. So these, this is literally what's happening. It's like we have an upstream problem, which could be, you know, postural chemical, you know, toxin infection or otherwise. And our body processes everything exactly the same. It just processes it through inflammation and it's being driven by all these little chemical messengers and everything. But, you know, we're stuck in a culture where we're looking downstream. And I just had a patient that came in today who was recently diagnosed with, um, with an autoimmune condition. And guess what? Prednisone, you know, the, uh, and anti-inflammatories um, yeah, anti and, and everything to do with this downstream issue that's happening. When meanwhile, you and me and other doctors who are aware of this stuff, they go upstream. You know, they, we got to find what's, where that subluxation is coming from. And it's, a, it's such a beautiful understanding to look at, you know, the suit of armor, as you call it. I love that. You know, is, are you getting the proper communication through the suit of armor? And, and I think of like, even, a, you know, the Chinese meridian system, which sort of, you know, may seem sort of esoteric, but just like how a chiropractor is able to say, well, your T8 to, you know, T6 to T8 has something to do with maybe, maybe it's digestion. I'm just kind of ballparking here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, well, in Chinese medicine, the same thing, that same alignment there, there's certain meridians that you, you know, insert in needles and help with the flow through those specific organ systems. So maybe you can speak to like just maybe some of those segments and how they are like directly relatable because of the nervous system that feeds those organs. Um, oh. Yeah. I love it. Yes. So we start up top, man. Life comes from above, down, inside out. So one of the most important or the most important area of your spine is your upper cervical spine. This is C1 and C2. So these are literally the top segments of the, of the spine and they're the closest to your brain stem. So, I mean, you're very close to the stem of your brain here, the root, right? Of this system. And if these segments are subluxated, they cause a lot of issues for people. People deal with headaches, migraines, dizziness, vertigo, immune health problems, uh, eyesight, eye vision issues, um, a lot of stuff just from those two segments, even the jaw. Okay. And a lot of people, they have screwed up C1 and C2 uh, vertebral subluxation because of 
jaw issues, right? They're, they're clenchers, they're, they're grinders at night. And then as you move down, a lot of people deal with shoulder issues, right? Upper extremity pain, things like that, problems in their hands, uh, numbness, things like that. This is typically the lower cervical spine. This is C5, 6, 7, you know, C8. And again, you got to check these central areas and make sure the power is back on. If you're not healing and there's an issue, you know, as you make your way down the spine and the lumbars, all of our lower extremities, right? Our stomach, our bladder, our ovaries, gonads, all those things. So there's also organ referrals of all of our, all this system, everybody. This is not just for pain. Literally, we, we talk about subluxation and real quick so we can move on. You know, we have what are called somatovisceral subluxation and viscerosomatic. So a somatovisceral means that, you know, maybe physical stress has caused your spine to jar out of place or you're stiff and tight, you know, muscular-wise. And that's causing a, re a reduction of function to the organ, right? And then we have issues where internally we have stressors on our system because we're not taking care of ourselves. Perhaps we're eating a bad diet and there's stress in the pancreas and the liver and, talk, you know, we're toxic, something like that. This is going to put stress and refer back to our spine. This is called a visceral somatic subluxation. So your internal stressors and imbalances of your body can actually cause you to subluxate in the spine as well. So that's why nutrition and all these things that we do, like fasting and nutrition and cellular detox, this is why these are so important as part of the healing process to reduce subluxation. Why? I'm helping heal your master system and giving your, bo your body its ability to do what you were God-given every day. And that's the beauty about it. I love that. I mean, and, and listen, like this is, this is like, there's a hierarchy to healing, you know, and, and I think of like your nervous system is kind of like, you know, the most subtle part of the body before it gets into say the hormonal system and, and, and the neuropeptides and everything else. So it's like, if you don't have that proper communication happening, you know, it's just like in a relationship, if that communication is not happening. It's going to fall apart. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a foundational tool. So let's talk about that. You know, let's talk about, you know, the two parts of our central nervous system, this master system. You know, we have our sympathetic and our parasympathetic. And these are literally two different parts of our nervous system that have to be efficient on both ends. And then I give the analogy of a car, right? We're all like vehicles all day and we have to effectively be able to hit gas, brake, gas, brake, effectively to control our car. So, you know, the gas is your sympathetic nervous system. This is your fight or flight, right? So if a tiger walks through the door, of course, a lot of things physio physiologically are going to happen. Our pupils will dilate. We're going to perfuse blood to our extremities to get ready to run, right? A lot of things are going to happen. You know, our parasympathetic, this is our resting relaxation. This helps with digestion, right? This helps with a number of other processes physiologically when we're at rest. So when we're healthy and we have a healthy nervous system, we can do this gas break thing very efficiently. But when we start to run to one side or the other and we're stuck, this is where you're going to start to have problems with your body and your health. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's so helpful to, to see because, I mean, again, how many people, you know, there's probably people listening, you raise your hand if that's you, um, you know, you know that your stress affects your gut, you know, you're, and you're feeling it, you're feeling cramping, bloating, discomfort, and you just came from a, you know, a very difficult you know, conversation or business meeting, or you're anticipating something, and you're feeling it viscerally in your digestive system. It's you're, you've, and it happens repeatedly over time. You've programmed your body through this chronic, like you said, the gas pedal, and not the brake. And so the body's constantly in this fight or flight uh, part of the uh, state. And then that activates that reptilian part of your brain. You know, like like you said, the is the tiger coming? And when when this these pathways are just highly highly illuminated we lost our 
tone in our nervous system, right? I think that's another chiropractic term. Mm -hmm. Lose this sympathetic, parasympathetic tone, your ability to adapt and, and go back and forth. And uh, that's a well, powerful, powerful realization to come, 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 to grips, come to grips with. Yeah, and then talk about modern day, the world we live in, right? I mean, we're overloaded now. We don't live in our ancestral world that these people had back in the day, right? So you look at, you know, our ancestors, you know, they were in these rural areas and they weren't in danger all the time. They had to be aware, right? But they weren't in danger all the time. So they'd have moments where most of the time they were in a parasympathetic drive. They're just kind of cruising along and they're chilling and everything's cool. But yeah, I mean, if there was a wild animal that could kill them and they saw it right away, that system had to turn on. But it didn't get hit all the time. Mm -hmm. So you look at modern day society and from a physical stress standpoint, you have people that sit behind chairs all day long and don't move. Mm -hmm. No movement. I mean, sitting is bad enough, but there's no movement. I mean, we have to walk and move to wind our nervous system. That's like foundation, right? Mm -hmm. Cross crawl movement. So you look at something as simple as movement. You look at our diet, the typical American diet. Mm -hmm. These people immediately are going to sympathetic overdrive the moment they put food in their mouth because of all the toxins and all the crap in the food. Yeah. So now you have a biochemical issue, right? That's driving this issue. And then talk about mental, emotional stress. Look at people don't have time. Time's one of the biggest assets people say they don't have enough of. Finances are an issue for a massive amount of people all the time. So you add all these stressors in modern day society right now. And when does the nervous system get a break for some people? doesn't i mean people even you know how many patients come into your clinic complaining about poor sleep oh yeah <laughs> so now we <laughs> so now we're getting into the segue of like what happens right when this master system starts to break down so there you go numero uno is sleep there you go sleep and energy yeah yeah so so and i, I like to always talk about the physiology here and 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 the hormonal pathway because that's our area of expertise and you know something that's that we've lost connection to is just our different zones of light right so we need this blue light through the day then we need some red light with sunset and then we need black light at nighttime, and then we need red light again in the morning back to blue light our body as we just talked about thrives on adaptability our body needs transition times but we're in a culture where we're blue light all day long i'm under blue light right now I'll go home and you know, TV might be on and I'll probably pull up my computer later. And, and then some people, unfortunately, are checking their phones in the middle of the night and there's street lights. We live in a modern you know, world where we're constantly being blasted by light. And that's a constant disruption of this nervous system, but it's also a massive disruption of our neuroendocrine system. It's messing with our hormones. And so if we talk about gut brain too, what are we doing at nighttime as well? We're eating we're eating dinner and then we're eating late until the evening we're driving insulin levels through the roof when we're supposed to be driving up growth hormone because we're supposed to be in repair state and this this is how we're creating this constant communication to the brain from the gut and getting miscommunication because of our modern times and the things that we're not allowing ourselves to adapt to because like you said it's like the gas pedals down we're eating and we're taught to eat every couple hours through the day right you got to balance your blood sugar so every couple hours of the day, we start at six or seven in the morning with a cup of coffee, sugar, and cream. You hit that donut or, or a muffin at Starbucks or whatever it is, and then you get a snack, and then you get lunch, and then you know you got to bounce your blood sugar. So have that energy bar, or maybe a shot of Red Bull or something, and then you're you're off to the races and then at dinner time. And there's no break. We're not letting off that hormone gas pedal, and so the brain is getting this constant state of 
stress just through our timing of our meals, right? Well, the, the timing and then just the fact that you're eating so much food, right? We talk about the energy expenditure it takes to digest. So every time, right, every time they're eating that, that four to six times a day, they're just constantly burning through energy that honestly, like you're saying, if you would eat less often, right, just as something as simple as intermittent fasting, like we talked about on our last show, mm-hmm. you let all those beautiful hormones, like you're saying, your growth hormone, your testosterone, all the other things, just start to, to pile up and start to build in the system. And that's what you're wanting. That's, that what's, that's what gives you the energy and, and all these other things and, and the better sleep, like you're saying, for recovery. So a lot of us, I think if people knew they're doing the opposite of what they need to be doing to feel better, it would be a lot easier for them to make that switch. But, you know, there's only so much energy. I tell everybody, you only have so much energy in a given day that that, that nervous system is going to pump out for you. From, from how you think, right, all day long to the physical stress you put on your body and then really also how you eat. And, and all, you're, you're going you're gonna to pound away at it somehow. So if you're not making good choices and you're not controlling what you can, this is why you're tired all the time. Yeah. This is why you can't sleep. You're not recovering. I mean, there's, there's reasons behind these things. So it, it, with changes, we see these massive improvements and it, it doesn't take a lot, right? I mean, we talked about how simple some of these things are. Yeah. And, and, and then we can, I think we dive into the cell a little bit just because we love talking about cellular health. And, you know, where's that chronic, you know, nervous system stimulation going? Where's that chronic hormonal disruption going? The, the modern, you know, the modern day lifestyle, where's that driving? It's driving into the mitochondrial changes, right? And this is why we teach like we talked in the last one too, just about this mixed metabolism is so important. And then we, we blame our adrenal glands, right? And we, we forgot that we got to start with the gut, fix that gut brain connection. And it's actually the brain that's stimulating your adrenal glands. So let's, let's give the adrenal glands a break by actually doing the right things and stop focusing so much on that. I mean, how many patients do you see on a regular basis or did you used to treat for adrenal fatigue? You know, it's interesting. We were talking about that, but you know, about five years ago, I think uh, adrenals started becoming this in vogue type diagnosis or just assessment of people of, oh, they're in adrenal fatigue or in adrenal insufficiency. It had like a million names, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's all these natural, you know, remedies and supplements you can take, you know, to support adrenal function. And the people will feel great when you put them on this stuff. They do. They honestly do feel a lot better. But the moment they come off of it, what are they, they crash. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing I used to tell people back then, but nobody, everybody wants just a quick fix. They want the magic bullet, right? They don't want to slow down. It's kind of like they're driving that car and they're pedal to the metal. And it's like, doc, just give me something I can put in my tank so I can keep going as fast as I can and not have to slow down. So the biggest thing I, I would tell people is like, look, you're like blown out. You're in neural fatigue. You need to address the root cause of why you're in fatigue. So you need to hit the brakes. So I tell them lifestyle wise, either they need to sleep more, they need to rest, they need to back off at work, they need to address emotional stressors, clean up their diet, whatever it may be. And then this is a temporary support, you know, while you're going through this issue of neural fatigue, because it's not really an adrenal problem. You talk about that negative feedback loop from the brain to the adrenals. And then when you keep hitting it over and over and over, your nervous system goes into neural fatigue and that HPA access blows out. So we cause this. So if you're conscious of where you're at, you know when to hit the brakes and back off so that you can recover from these things. But again, you have to address the root cause, which is the stressors that are putting the stress on your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and the gut, you know, the gut. So, real, I mean, you're the gut guy, man. I like it when you talk about the microbiome and the gut and all these things. 
let's talk to the listeners so that they can understand the, literally how the gut is tied into the brain, how, what kind of neurotransmitters we produce in there, right? And really kind of help them make sense of why it's so important and why these really aren't two separate systems. They, they, that enteric nervous system, I believe, is the first part of our brain. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is sort of coming more later and developing more. But I really feel like our gut was our first brain. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, I like to I like to use the analogy of our of our digestive system as kind of like this beautiful rolling metal. And, you know, there's there's grass, there's trees, there's uh, there's um, there's topsoil underneath the grass. And then there's your bedrock and structure and foundation. And uh, the bedrock and foundation is kind of like that, the muscle, it's, a, it's below that, um, those superficial enterocytes. And then above that is your topsoil, and that's literally like your, your superficial enterocytes. That's literally that what's, what's just moving above, uh, or that's an absorptive capacity that's sitting on top of that, that bedrock or that, that muscle that's allowing for that contraction to happen. And your topsoil is essentially what gives life like these little microvilla that, that are entire, inside our intestinal tract create this massive surface area for this huge plethora of diversity, which is literally the, the bugs that live in our gut, right? So the microbiology. It's a synergy of all these things working together that really, you know, that diversity, even in, you know, the macrocosm, microcosm, when we look at this beautiful meadow out, you know, when we're walking in nature, we see that all these different pieces that have come together in order to create this, this, uh, this community. That's literally the state of our guts. But, you know, we've been whacked with antibiotics. We've been whacked with all sorts of different toxins, uh, you know, metal fillings to, to vaccinations, to all sorts of other things that have bioaccumulated in our body. And the same can be said, if you spray, you know, pesticides and, and everything else in this macrocosm, in this, in this beautiful, pristine environment if we put you know bug spray out to kill all the ants if we you know put chlorine in the water for the you know the stream that's going through we're we're you know we're affecting the ecosystem on so many different levels and that's exactly what we're doing in the digestive system and this is what leads to this process this chronic inflammatory state within the body where literally our digestive enterocytes start to shrink up and shrivel up and we lose that connection from these adjacent cells and we call this leaky gut and the crazy thing is we're going to say i'll let you jump in there well you know i wanted to say you know one thing i like to tell people on another way is like what other part of your body aside from your skin is in constant interaction with your outside environment totally it's your gut from the mouth to the anus right it's that garden hose so it's very important and like and like you're saying these bugs they don't care what we want they care what they want and if you if you take care of them, we're healthy. If we don't, we don't. Yeah. So you, you're talking inflammation. We're talking leaking gut. Let's tell them a little bit about the enteric nervous system and, and all that fun jazz. So as, as our digestive cells become more inflamed because of the onslaught of different things that we're exposed to, even just our mono diets, right? <laughs> like maybe we're just eating bread, potatoes, and meat every single day for the last 30, 40 years, right? There's no diversification there. So whatever whatever the insult is, and it's going to be different for everybody, this sets up that chronic state of inflammation. And now we're exposing our outside environment, as you said, to the inside environment. And just below the surface of our enterocytes, we've got immune cells. We've got, our, we've got something called your gut-associated lymphatic tissue. There's this massive amount of lymphatic tissue, more so than anywhere else in your body. So literally, it makes up 80 90% of your entire immune system. Wow. It's there on the scene to deal with whatever's coming from the external environment. 
and this is where we're making you know antibodies this is, but this is also where we make our serotonin our dopamine all our, these amazing neurotransmitters and it turns out that these the serotonin actually in a state of inflammation because the outside world has now become the inside this triggers serotonin to be made into something called quinolinic acid which is this really potent anti-inflammatory but it shouldn't have to do that it should be there to be to be made in order to be delivered to the brain this is how i understand it and when we're having to just use our neurotransmitters to deal with inflammation we're no we're no longer getting those these nice inputs into our brain that are making us feel good even maybe we don't even feel that 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 um that lift for after we eat food you know sometimes we can almost get like a high and if you're if you can start to miss some of that stuff and we start to develop more cravings and we start to create more monocultures in our in our micro in our microbe uh, microbiome and it, it, i mean it's it's multifaceted our top soil is changing our our fauna and our flora are changing and and then eventually people you know aren't pooping for like six seven days in a row you know it's oh buddy it's got every week man Oh, every week. Oh, how often do you go? Every three days, every four days. But that's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, like some people I ask, well, how long? Oh, since I was born. And I look at them like, for real? And they're like, yeah, like it's okay. Like it's a normal thing. But, you know, we, we go, we throw it back all the time. You know, there's a lot of people that have talked about the gut, like Hippocrates. He said, all disease begins in the gut. All right, father of modern medicine. Again, they knew these things. This was important. And you know, you talked about neurotransmitter balance, something as simple as, you know, serotonin and dopamine and, and these, these neurotransmitters that help us feel good. How many people right now are dealing with anxiety and depression, brain fog, uh, and neural fatigue yeah. and sleep issues? Totally. It's, it's, Those are big ones now. They're not little ones. That's, that's like almost everybody that walks into my clinic. Mm-hmm. They're struggling. Yeah. And guess what? I would, it's safe to say about 99.9% of them, they all have gut issues. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. You know what's, what I found interesting is that even in the last five to 10 years, it seems from what I've, what I've understood is that they've only recently discovered there's actually a lymphatic system in the brain, right? It's oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah well, they're called your glial cells. It's, it's basically a drainage system that we never knew we had before. I mean, how crazy is that? Like, you know, it was interesting when I heard that. I thought it was really dumb that we didn't realize that there has to be one there. Like, we just haven't maybe found it yet. Like, I'd like to know who said, oh, there isn't one, because that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, use your half your brain. The brain has to have one. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, people listening, like, this is actually a thing. Like, literally maybe five to ten years ago, it was 2018, we didn't know we had a lymphatic system in our brain. This is, like, ground shaking and here's what happens at nighttime when you're sleeping i don't know if you knew this dr david you probably did you're a smart dude um i just learned this at a recent conference is what i'm bringing up but when you sleep your brain cells your glial cells actually shrink and they shrink in deep wave sleep well if you're on sleep medication if you're on antidepressants if you're on you know out of before bed or whatever whatever it is you're not hitting these deep stages of sleep your brain cells aren't actually shrinking and they need to shrink in order to open up that lymphatic flow you know and well tell them tell them doc how many processes does the brain do like per second how busy is our brains yeah i don't know (laughs) it's like it's like some i don't know it's like a hundred trillions it's something ridiculous okay every time i hear the number i'm just blown away with how complex our brain is 
So you talk about a system that is our master system, like it's online 24 seven. And the one chance that it gets to literally shut down and take care of itself is when we sleep. Mm. And a lot of people aren't even sleeping. Yeah. That's a sad state we're in. Right. And, and it's, it's this gut brain connection. Like, so if, if we are setting up this chronic inflammation in our gut, we're downregulating our neuropeptides, we're exposing the outside world to the inside world, which is driving up autoimmunity like we wouldn't believe, we haven't actually worked with the, the first line of defense or first mechanism for elimination of our body because we're driving up constipation. Do you think we're going to be a little unhappy at nighttime or a little difficult to, you know, to sleep and a little unhappy because we haven't had a bowel movement for a number of days? Um, and are, we're not draining our brain at nighttime, which is what we're supposed to do. I mean, this is driving chronic state of disease. I mean, it, we know now that the whole model of neurotransmitter deficiency in the brain is a bunch of, you know, hogwash. It's really, you know, we're getting the same response with a placebo, 30% when you're treating someone for a brain uh, neuropeptide depletion as you are the medication. So there's well, something deeper going on. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Well, you and I know what that deeper is. But you talk about, you know, I'm going to rip on Big Pharma here a little bit, man. I don't care. It's a market. Why do you think that happened? There's a market there. I just said it. How many people have issues with sleep? How many people have issues with anxiety, depression, all these things? You look at those double-blind studies that they had before they released those drugs. They're all bogus, man. They actually showed how the majority of the studies, they didn't have good outcomes. But on like one study out of, I think it was like 25, the one that looked the best, that's the one that was submitted mm. to get that those drugs pushed through a lot of times, like these antidepressants and some of these, these things that you talk, talk about for these deficiencies, right? And never a thought of like, oh, well, we're just deficient. Well, the body is a holistic system, right? Something else has to make those things and take care of it. So where's the problem? Like you're saying, there's a root. Mm -hmm. Go to the root. What's the root? It's the gut. Yeah. There it is. There's your root. No kidding. Healthy gut, healthy you, right? Yeah, I mean, why don't, I mean, we, we touched on this a little bit last time, just about the strength of the immune system and fasting and, and giving your digestive system a break, but I mean, this is profound. I mean, if we, if we realize that our immune system is literally like 90% of it literally sits just at the, the, the border of, of, um, of our enterocytes and into the muscular center of, or just below the enterocyte cells, I mean, your lymphatic system is just sitting right there. And, you know, why, why do we experience inflammation? Why do we experience changes in our neurotransmitters? Why do we experience changes in our brain function or, or joint pain or whatever else? It's your immune system. Your immune system is running the show for everything and how you're letting your immune system recover at nighttime with sleep or, you know, focusing on repair, not, you know, exercising like crazy every single day and wondering why you're not losing weight. You know, we got to go back, like you said, go back to the root cause and see how all these different systems are working together. Because, you know, we can keep plugging in antidepressants or taking Red Bull to drive up, you know, to get out of the fatigue or wine to wind down at nighttime and, and a boatload of coffee in the morning to rev yourself up in the morning. Or if we could take the responsibility for what we're doing to drive dysfunction, remove the underlying cause, we can be in such a better place. And, and in all honesty, we're usually the problem, the driver of the vehicle. Yeah. We are. It's not an outside thing. I think that some people think it is, that there's, there's something just happening that I caught or it's, it's I got to take a drug to like get it rid of it out of my system. 
no, that's not how it works. Like it blows my mind. The process that people are on as far as they're thinking. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. It's me. I do it to myself. I know when I'm doing it. I know when I'm hitting adrenal fatigue. I know that I need to back off. I know where I'm at. I know if it's emotional. I know if it's physical, but I'm really in tune with all of that. I, because I live that kind of lifestyle. This is what we teach the people we work with. Right. Um, so everybody, you know, men, women, whoever's listening to this, you are in control of this master system. And if you take really good care of it, it takes really good care of you and your, and your vehicle runs really nicely all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you're in the dumps. Yeah. I've been there. I know what it feels like. I, I really do. So I, I, I know that. And like you talked on that lot, that last podcast about, you know, how you would get sick a lot and you did something as simple as fasting. And what did that do for your gut, man? And you're, and you're sleeping. Yeah. I mean, something that- so simple. Yeah. So I think this is a good segue, man. Let's kind of get into some of these things that we can give our listeners as quick, easy suggestions just to kind of get them in the right place of making these changes. Mm-hmm. And where, where's an easy place to start? Well, I think, I mean, you just said it. I mean, time, time away from food, you know, time restricted eating, intermittent fasting, that's an obvious one. And, you know, I, I like the analogy of, you know, if you had a big laceration or a bandage on your arm, you wouldn't, you know, work away at it, scratch it, and you'd leave it alone. You'd let your body heal it. Same thing with the digestive system. You got to give time away from food to let the tissue to just turn over on its own, just, you know, get into a healing state. So that's, um, I mean, that's step one, number one, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I'm not a huge fan of just always looking at food sensitivities, you know, and there's so much, you know, so many people, a lot of people don't believe in food sensitivities, but we do have some people have certain triggers, you know? And so if you can start to just take it, take stock of how you're feeling after eating certain foods, you know, sugar is an obvious one alcohol is an obvious one you know fast food those are obvious ones non-organic foods that are you know high in glyphosate that are tearing apart your intestinal cell membranes these are obvious ones or maybe they're not all obvious but it's a problem well and if you're lactose intolerant how many people do you meet that eat dairy and they know they can't digest it well but they keep eating it all the time Uh, yeah i'm laughing i mean we both laugh because we've been there i mean yeah we're we're taking this personally i mean it's it's literally something we've all deal with well all dealt with and so we're laughing at the comedy of the human condition of like oh yeah moving moving and staying in discomfort (laughs) yeah so like dr nick's saying i mean there's simple things that you can probably take notice of now you know gluten is another one you know if you're already having issues and you're and it's noticeable digestive issues like reflux cramping bloating you know constipation diarrhea gluten or wheat is a really a good place to start because you get a massive amount of healing in the gut if you're gluten intolerant or sensitive immediately from the moment you give it up what is it like 23 percent improvement in in healing in the gut tissue a momently just from getting rid of that interference so i know everyone thinks that's a whole fad type deal but it's really not everybody there is massive research showing that we're not doing well with this whole gluten thing and it's really because it's not real food it's synthetic you know, if you got to kind of understand why we're having issues with it, but yeah, I mean, it's synthetic. It's not real. And our, we weren't built to break it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's one, I mean, there's a, there's a recent Harvard study that came out on, on just verifying that gluten, even in non celiac, non gluten sensitive patients, it's causing leaky gut, you know, just like glyphosate, you know, that that's, I mean, we'll have to talk about glyphosate in a whole nother podcast, but that's, 
that's really driving up this this chronic exposure of the outside world to the inside when we're constantly eating these things and you know i was there i used to eat subway for for lunch i used to eat breads and pastas and all sorts of things for dinner and so i basically like set up this this leaky gut scenario my mom had crohn's uh i had all the symptoms of i just never got tested but i mean i was just I was in rough shape for a lot, a big chunk of my life, right? And and so many people are doing that. And and you either know that there's something you're eating that's making things worse, or you don't. And you haven't figured it out yet. Wherever you're at, just start, you know, taking a, a much closer look at your diet, what you're putting into your body. Well, and the answer lies within everybody. It's not going to be in a pill. There's no magic bullet. There isn't. So you know, quit wasting your time because otherwise you're masking symptoms. You're still not getting the root cause. You have to address like what we're talking about. You got to change your diet. You got to change your lifestyle. These are things that like these small things we're talking about have massive improvements, but you got to be willing to do that. And then that's when you, all those things come back, right? Your sleep, your energy, you know, even your mood, you just in a better mood when your gut is healthier, right? We talk about those neurotransmitters. Yeah. Well, when we talk about that, so we, we talked, we talked about fasting. We talked about paying attention to what you're eating. Those fasting may not be so obvious, but the, the paying attention to what you're eating should be a little bit more obvious. What about, what are some of like your favorite, we don't have to get into like specific supplements, but what do you think about when you think about gut brain and gut repair? Well, I don't, you know, this would be interesting. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this uh, particular topic. But my first thing that, that I, I talk to everyone about is being well-established is understanding for your gut that communication of these bacteria within our gut, that's actually probably number one. It doesn't matter how much probiotics and some of these other things we're trying to do to help improve gut function if these bacteria cannot communicate effectively and know what their jobs are. So I use, and Dr. Nick, I believe, uses a product called Restore. And I love it. I call it a lifer in my clinic, which means that it's one of those supplements that everybody has to be on in this entire world. And they're going to have to be on it for life because of this glyphosate stuff that they spray all over our food and it's punching these holes in our gut, causing this leaky gut issue. So this Restore, it's a redox molecule for our gut and it helps communication with bacteria. And it literally starts to plug these holes in our gut clothes and it doesn't just repair it. It protects us from this glyphosate that's in our diet and some of these other things. So communication, restore, absolutely. I mean, that's my numero uno for me. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I, this is sort of a, a dietary component, but I really like giving prebiotic support. So, you know, you know, looking at your fibers and things like that, not using them every day even, but just using a very variation, you know? So I, I consider that as um, basically providing the food for, for the, the, the microbes and then this restore is basically like saying, it's like turning the lights on and the right kinds of microbes so that everybody is, is working in, in concert. And I think, you know, a prebiotic support together with restore, uh, I, we do that for most of our patients that are dealing with leaky gut and chronic dysfunction. Well, when you talk about fiber, right? Mm -hmm. Typical American diet, how deficient are people in fiber? Oh, it's massive. They're not, they're not getting any roughage. Like, no. At all. Talk about this BBC report that I'm mm. So this Which one. So there's this this guy in in somewhere in England, somewhere in the UK. He he did a gut microbiology test, and it was a, you can look it up. It's a BBC report. He went down to the Hudza tribe in South Africa, and just picture this tribe. I mean, they're living you know in rural areas. They're living on the land. They're they have a massive diversity in the different types of foods they're eating. I mean, it's something so foreign to us in our you know mono diet type of you know scenarios. 
eating roots, eating fruits, eating vegetables, you know, different animal products. I mean, it's just this blast of different things. So he was there just for three days. And then they tested his microbes there again. And when he got home, they looked at the, the information and his microbial diversity increased by 30% in just three days. I mean, it's mind blowing. So just think like it doesn't take a whole lot, but it does take enough of an adjustment. And this is, this is just looking at food alone. So, so let's, but I'd like to talk more about that. Let's take that a little further. So you talk about this mononutrition, we're huge on diet variation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one of our, our, uh, our homework assignments was variation in how many foods they were going to eat. Right. We talked yeah. about trying to get upwards of like 30 for that week. This is what you're talking about, right? You this broad spectrum of different things that we need to eat in our system of roots to herbs to spices, you know, to all the, I mean, diversify. You can't eat the same things all the time and be healthy. And so eating seasonally is one way, right? That's one way to do it. And then we talk to people about just, just stick to eating seasonally and then try all kinds of stuff. If you haven't tried certain vegetables or fruits, give them a shot. You know, there's different recipes, things like that. Um, but coming back to, you know, you look at just that, that's that particular thing on BBC, right? Mm -hmm. They talked about how they went back and retested, I think two weeks later and his went back to normal. Yeah. So let's talk to a little bit, let's talk to them a little bit why that is. Well, of course he's in a different environment. So when he went back home and he started eating his regular diet and stuff and he wasn't exposed to all those things he was exposed to around those tribes, of course it's going to start to trickle its way back to where it is. I think I heard, I saw one where a guy actually went and did a fecal transplant in Africa mm -hmm. with one of those tribes people. Wow. And same thing, it changed, but it didn't last. Yeah. So I think the biggest observational thing we can take from that is like you're saying, the diversification of the types of foods that you eat yeah. and it's always, it's gotta be constant. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, it's a fast moving train, right? Like I think of your, your microbes have been building, you know, diversity and have been squashed by different medications and things over your life but there's been a huge amount of momentum for that culture to to remain how it is based on you know where you're living and who you're spending time with do you have pets do you not did you grow up with them and so we're all so unique and you know i think one of the one of the uh, stats are like we're like 99 percent the same genetically but about 10 percent the same micro microbially and and something Dr. Zach Bush, who we love, who is the, the founder of the Product Restore, or one of the founders, um, he talks about, you know, because probiotics, you know, we got to talk about probiotics a little bit. He talks about the sort of the, the silliness of probiotics, but a recent study that came out in the, journal, the Cell Journal, which actually looked at um, someone on antibiotics within 30 days, roughly, their, their actual bacterial makeup sort of goes back to roughly the same as it was before. But when you start plugging probiotics in, and this goes against my naturopathic, my old naturopathic training completely, but what that does when you start plugging your probiotic in, according to the study, is it's actually delaying your natural kind of reconfiguration back to your normal state. And so it's like the probiotics are preventing you from getting back to being healthy. I mean, this is a slap. That's awesome. Oh, it's a huge slap in the face. <laughs> And, and if anybody that's listening, understand, you know, medicine is theory and it's constantly changing. And as doctors, we're all doing our best to get the best information that's out there and to bring it to the masses and it trickles its way down. 
but we're constantly learning every day. And that's, that's, that's how you become a good doctor. I mean, right. It doesn't ever stop. I mean, could you imagine if we were still doing things that we were taught in school right now? <laughs> I think we'd be out of business. Or we'd be, we'd, we'd be in, we would be in trouble for sure. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you look at something as simple as that as, as of late, because we're starting to look more into the microbiome and that's massive. Like you're saying, it goes against everything we were taught, but I'm sure there's a reason, you know, back to the, our innate, our body knows best. Our body knows more than we do. I mean, we talk about fasting, right? Our body just knows what to do. After the body gets some hit, probably to the gut, to the microbiome, our microbiome knows what to do. It has behavior just like anything else. It knows how to rebuild itself. Yeah. And so why don't we, why don't we like, we sort of squashed a little bit of our thinking of, of probiotic therapy because we were talking about supplements before too, right? And well, I think it's a good segue into like understanding that, okay, well, sometimes infections come up, right? And so maybe there's a role for antiparasitics or anti-candida and that kind of thing. And then, and then what's allowing them to persist? What's allowing a certain, you know, species of bacteria to persist? And this is where you and I talk about toxicity is also driving changes in these cultures too. And so, you know, when we think about there's, I, I, the way I think of it anyways, is I think of, we all need to detox. Like it's inevitable. We're, we're bombarded with it. And, and you haven't got that yet from the first couple of podcasts. Like we're going to dive into that a whole lot more, but we all need to detox. That's, that's inevitable. You got to be able to do it the right way. You know, it's not just about doing a 10 day cleanse. It's really about what we say, going upstream, removing the things that are allowing for these microbes to exist. And then there's a time and place to kill off these things that, that shouldn't be there. Right. And, and maybe there's a time and place even for digestive enzymes and things like that. But what we're teaching you here in this podcast is, is if you don't change the environment of the microbes and force adaptation enough uh, through diet variation, through proper supplementation, through prebiotic support, through restore and, and setting up communication, and through looking at how we get rid of the things that are allowing a certain makeup of species to exist, we're, we're not really getting to the root cause. So probiotics are kind of lost in that kind of, you know, type of thinking. Um, you can't force a change when the underlying problem has never been removed. Well, and I think probiotics is still that in vogue type supplement for people when there's anything wrong with their gut. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'll just get on probiotics. Like they come into the office all the time. They're all jacked up still. And they're like, Oh, but I'm on a probiotic. And I'm like, good for you. Like, it's not going to do anything. You're not, you know, you're not getting any better. Yeah. Um, so we're in this place now where you talk about these imbalances of bacteria. And in some cases, it's not a good idea to put more bacteria into the gut. It actually will make somebody worse. And we see that. We deal with people that have SIBO, right, and some other things where you give somebody like that a probiotic and it's going to just cause mass, mass problems. It's going to make it worse. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum. Some people need more bacteria. But you got to know what you have, what the problem is, and what you need. And you talk about these dysbioses like candida and you have things like parasites that are opportunistic. You know, I think something we should talk to our listeners about this, in this microbiome is not all these things are bad. I mean, we've, they've learned that we have parasites, we have viruses, we have all these different types of bacteria that we consider bad, but they're not. They're just part of our makeup. And what happens is when they become imbalanced and there's too many of them, that it becomes a problem. And you look at a lot of autoimmune. I mean, we talk about Hashimoto's are finding a connection to SIBO right now. You look at issues like IBS and, and celiacs and Crohn's and diverticulitis. All, they're all starting to tie all these issues back to literally 
a imbalance of bacteria in our gut that's causing these issues. Mm. Yeah. So just going back to the importance of what we're talking about, many of these people are suffering with these problems and it's all in the gut. Yeah. And, and we can tack on, you know, there's certain microbes that actually make you fat. There's certain microbes that make you more prone to depression. There's certain microbes that make you more prone to Alzheimer's dementia. I mean, that help us lose weight, that help us have energy, that help, I mean, these bugs, what is it? The DNA is at 40 to one, right? And something like there's 40 to one ratio of bacterial DNA to human DNA in our body. So I always, in my talks, tell everybody, we are bacteria having a human experience. Wow. So true. And, 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 it, and it is so true. And for, the, for our listeners, you know, you guys heard about this, the human genome project and DNA and all that stuff. They literally found that there was a dead end there. And what's happening right now is everything's shifting to the microbiome, but the funding and the research is not there yet. But we already know that's where we have to go in science. It's just not, we haven't turned yet. So that's the latest and greatest, right? I mean, that's where it's at. That's where everything's moving towards. So again, back to the gut and the massive implications your gut health has on this master system of yours and your ability to function. So I would like to, to kind of, let's come out of this and talk about I'll call them killers to our nervous system or just down regulators that people habitually, I think, do on a daily basis that if they can start eliminating. So one thing I'll tell people is these energy drinks, stay away from them. You want to cause issues of your master system and your gut, keep pounding those monsters and those Red Bulls and all that synthetic junk. I mean, you talk about putting toxic sludge into your system that you're just asking for problems. And I get why you're running to those things. But in the long run, they're not going to help you. They're going to make things worse. So do yourself a favor, you know, go to something like water, you know, go to like an organic green tea, pick something that's natural, stay away from the synthetics. And when it also comes to caffeine, make sure that it's from a natural source, stay away from synthetic forms of caffeine. You know, caffeine in moderation is okay, but you got to use the right sources, which is of course a natural source always and stay away from the synthetic and don't get too crazy with the dose and the amount that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why the coffee bean was put together in a, in a bean and it's, and it's not just about extracting these things out and plugging them into a juicy high sugar drink, right? Oh. And you can say the same for, thing for wine. Like if you're going to have some drinks, take your restore with you, right? And then on top of that, try to find some organic sources of wine. You know, if you're going to use these, and, and obviously we know gut brain, this is going to affect on your mood. It's going to affect on your deep, deep wave sleep. Um, you know, so it turns out from what I understand at this point in time, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like Austrian wines, French wines, Italian wines, they tend to be lower in pesticide content. If you find some of these deep rooted farms, they call dried, they're called dry farms. And mm-hmm. they're, they're using, I mean, they're not using the pesticides and they're not a lot, lot less sprays over there. Um, just being aware of our little vices and ways that we can you know, modify things. And then that would obviously lead into any processed foods that are that are made in such a way that are you know high in sugar high in chemicals additives and you know everything else like that that we're that unfortunately so many of us are using you know as snack bars or things like that so uh paying attention to all those things are going to be huge because that's a direct impact on causing that inflammation that digestive tract yeah so i mean guys clean it up eat real food start there if you're not eating real food eat real food you can't eat processed junk and be healthy and, and, the, and the implications of these things, like oh, everything we're talking about, it sums it all up. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I th- why don't we just sort of like just 
review a little bit what we talked about just to give them the, the little the sort of the, the finish off so we talked about alignment subluxations we talked about subluxations from a physical point of view how it's interacting with the nervous system feeding to the organs we talked about subluxations from a, a slightly from a toxicity point of view from emotional point of view stuck in that parasympathetic or sort of stuck in that sympathetic versus parasympathetic state and we started talking a little bit deeper about just the rhythms throughout the day and the hormonal expression and how it's affecting sleep and why we need that sleep for that deep lymphatic drainage out of the brain, that detox and that cleansing. And we started talking about um, some of the, the nutrients that are great for just helping to support gut health and fasting and some of our nuggets there. Um, and uh, we set them up. We set them up pretty good today, man. They, there's some good. There's some nice pearls in this podcast. <laughs> and, and it kind of it leads us all to the the point, and I think of the point of responsibility. And so I want to I want to read a quick little quote that came up on on uh, in our doctor group, and that's this: Before you heal someone, ask him if he's willing to give up the things that made him sick. I love that. That's responsibility. Who said that, Doctor Nick? That is from our man, the main man of modern medicine, Hippocrates. God, we say we bring that guy up a lot, don't we? I love that man. I'd like to meet that guy. <laughs> uh, maybe we will one day. All so right. I'm going to say again, before you heal someone, or before you heal yourself, you know, we're going to paraphrase this a little bit. Before you heal yourself, ask yourself, are you willing to give up the things that are making you sick? Right? That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's and beautiful. so what, what's, their, what's their home play? All right, so home play this week. Ooh, this is a good one. All right, so we talked about stressors today. We talked about physical stress, biochemical stress, and mental emotional stress. I want every individual for the next week to pick one to two things that you can literally pick that are either addictions like Dr. Dr. Nick's talking about that you can already start to eliminate, remove the interference from this master system. So for you, you know, it may be dairy or gluten for the gut. Uh, it may be, uh, I'm not going to sit at my desk. I'm going to get a stand-up desk at work and stop sitting as much. Or maybe I'm going to start moving more because uh, I'm not moving enough every day. For some of you, you know, it may be an issue with having to back off and learn to hit your brakes and, and understand that rest is an important part of growth and that you're just, you can't run at a hundred miles an hour all day. So pick one or two things like we discussed in this podcast today and start making those changes, remove the interference. Cause that's in all honesty, I think that's where they're going to see the biggest change is from making one of those changes. You want to add to that? Honestly, I think, I think that uh, you knocked out of the park. Those are, those are core things that, that we can all, do so well if we just you know it's we call it subtractive therapies remove the things that we know are, are interfering with our health and if we can well and, and, and fasting right you know we talked about that on our last episode but fasting is an easy place to start yeah. eat less often you know you're not eating less you're eating less often but start there yeah. and, and you'll see massive changes yeah good stuff so the focus there is really looking at um you know detoxification detox your life remove the things that are causing a problem and then you can focus on targeted therapy down the line. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But we gave you a few nuggets on some great target fo uh, focus points. But, uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's some great home play for you guys. So you just listened to episode number three of the Dr. Dad's podcast. Uh, stay tuned for plenty more. We're going to dive into some more information on the next one. So stay tuned. And if you like this podcast or because you like this podcast, We'd love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe, share it with anyone that you know that needs this information. And, uh, 
and uh, we'll we'll keep bringing more for you guys. Awesome, man. Hey, it's 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 so much fun every time getting on here with you, and I can't wait for next week. Awesome. Me too, buddy. Take care. Love you, man. Later.